HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by you. Go to heritageradionetwork.org donate to become a member today. Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Elena Santigate. Today's show is the last of the season and the year. Listeners, get ready, because you know what that means. What does it mean? Host show! What? Aaron Foster, Diane Stemple, and I are all here in the studio together, ready for another round. We also have another guest here with us in the studio today, the newest member of our Cutting the Curd family, Liana Kindler. Listeners, if you've wondered how our social media game has gotten so good in recent weeks, Liana Kindler is the answer. Thanks, Liana, and welcome to the team. Thank you. Woohoo! Okay, host show. I have some questions for the group, as usual, and Diane will most likely talk about whatever she wants. Good. <laughs> Diane, did you do your homework? A little. She has some notes. A little. You have more notes. Your notes. This is multiple <laughs> pages. Like a of seventh notes. grader that tore it out of a Just trapper keeper. The, yeah, to paint the picture <laughs> for the audience, these notes have come from a wide-ruled spiral notebook, and they've been torn out. Multiple pages. <laughs> Wait, can I see? Is there anything written on it's, them? It looks like the second page oh. is completely empty. It, it, it is. It is. Okay. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. I just Were you trying out. to make us think that you had done more? Right. Was no, that I like a phantom I might have taken page? notes during the show and then... I mean, you might still. Yes. Okay. I might oh. still. Wait, okay. wait. I'll find my pen. Okay. Let's start with the cheese question. Let's talk about the present. What cheeses have you been loving these days? What cheeses are you eating, you two? What cheese are we loving up on? Yeah. Oh, I don't eat that much cheese. <laughs> you don't eat that much cheese or you don't taste that much I cheese? I don't eat that much cheese. I do taste a lot of cheese. Yeah, I knew it. Um, yeah, okay. I've been impressed this year. Um, we just started buying some aged Goudas from Chef's Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, who I think is an ex-Murray's, Murray'site. Um, is I think direct importing some cool goudas. Uh, there's the Geitsmack. I'm sure Ooh, I'm not I pronouncing like, that right. I mean, how do you it, spell it? Whatever it is, I'm into Sma-ock. the name. Two, two A's. Two A's. That's how Diane Smaak. Oh, okay. Um, it almost sounds Israeli, actually. Um, and then there's the pu- pu'er, 
That's two U's on that one. <laughs> Grand, which okay. is like an NH Gouda. Just very delightful, well-made, mm-hmm. um, well-sourced Goudas. Uh, mm-hmm. not, not, not a style that I particularly generally go for, but these are quite well done. Um, I, I honestly, I know we've been kind of um, hitting them up on social media, but Sugar House Creamery, always a delight. Yeah. Um, we got a, Those a, a lovely batch of Dutch Knuckle mm. and... Of uh, the pound cake. Pound uh, cake, I just dream of that cheese. The whole time I was interviewing Margot, I was like, pound you cake. Pound I was like, cake. and I should have brought a piece of pound cake here to the studio to nibble oh, on. Oh, you should have. I know. Today. Bad planning. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Rush Creek was great. We right. Did, mm-hmm. We did one. That's uh, on my list. Is mm-hmm. it? Well I, well, I take it back. This, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> this well, season's Rush Creek was amazing. I don't have a list. You don't have a list. So no. that you did not prepare for this question. Well, not completely, yes. <laughs> Um, I thought I would just be extemporaneous. Well, let's so, hear it. Yeah, extemporize. Uh, well, I I loved a lot of the cheeses that I served at my party. Diane's famous <laughs> holiday party <laughs> happened last weekend. Uh, raucous crowd, many many cheeses. Well, many many cheese people. It was just I the confluence. Had, I had. Bought cheeses ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then people brought cheeses. So, the, so it was I like a cornucopia. Have a lot of cheese. There was a three-tiered cheese display on one side of the room. And that was just all <laughs> bloomies, right? That was. No, that was. Just, uh, that was. There was a blue on there. There was a. Oh yeah, yeah. There was that a lovely was, um, Pyrenees, and I did hold back Rogue River Blue. I saw. I saw wow. the Rogue. Yes. Wow. Here's I, what I'll say. Well, because it came late. Well, it came I, late. I watched. And I think that just says how we rate. I watched the Rogue River Blue arrive <laughs> and go quietly into the fridge. And you made well, a mental note. And then also, I, I that Diane doesn't cookies share. In the, I put your cookies in the. I baked fresh cookies for the party, and Diane kept them for herself and didn't share them with anyone. <laughs> but she really liked them. You know. Yes, so. I loved them, and I just finished them last night. Well, just in time to not bring any great. to us here. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of it. Back to the cheese. <laughs> Apparently. Diane, what of of this incredible cheese selection at your party, what stood out? Well, some I didn't even know because they didn't have um, writing on them. Sorry, so your answer to this question is cheeses at my party that I don't know what they are. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that is my answer. That is my answer. Oh, no. I'm being exposed. I'm being exposed immediately. It's well, I did. Perfect answer for you. Like, it's the best, Diane's best <laughs> moment 2019. What did you really love this year? I don't know. Something somebody gave me once <laughs> that I served to other well, people. Well, I did like the Rogue River Blue. That you had later after the yes, party by yes, yourself. Not, okay. not that night. I mean, uh, let's talk about Rogue River Blue for a moment. I mean, what a year. Yeah. What a year. Yeah. And what a cheese. Yeah. It's one before, though, right? It's one other things? Other things, but it's never one. I had, big. like, customers. No, it's won three times, I think. Yeah. The World Cheese I Awards? Thought, no, I no, think that no. was the first time that no. a U.S. American cheese society. Oh, yeah. Right, right. But no. that was the, this was the first year that a U.S.-made cheese won the yes. top billing well, of the Well, since the World 1800s or something, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What do you even, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. I learned a fact today. Let's learn. Cheese? Not related to cheese at oh, all. Oh, no. Oh, what is it? This, show's off, this episode's off to a great start. Okay, we don't have. I don't. I, I no, don't no, tell I you want, my facts. I want to no, know the facts. Now you have to say it. It doesn't seem like you guys want to know. All no, right, sorry. Um, <laughs> president John Tyler. Okay. Tenth president, born in the late 1700s, 1792, I think, 96, more there. Um, he has two living grandsons alive today. What? Hmm. Yeah. How old are they? In their 80s. Wow. Huh. 
Wow. How did you come upon that fact? That must have been multi-generations of late child rearing. It, that's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> wow. right. I'm John Tyler math. had a, had a kid at, fast. at 65, and then mm. he, that, that kid, had a kid at 75, and now that Whoa. kid is in his 80s. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's one way to like to. They to, are that's late like, bloomers. It's strategic lineage, is what it is. Where it's did like, you the find internet, this? Of course, the internet told well, me this. But, but, but how what, did you get there? What I mean, part of how the did internet? you arrive at that? So let's talk more about cheese. Okay. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Next, remember. next question. He doesn't remember. Wait, and I'm I, not. I wasn't. Oh, done, you, you want to? Uh, and about you haven't weighed in either. Yeah. Rogue River and Rush Creek were. That's true. Rush Creek. Yeah. 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 I put um. I think I did this last year, maybe the year before. I told I I sort of shamefully talked about putting white truffle on a warm Rush, Rush Creek, Creek, and yes. it was just, we did this again at Thanksgiving this I'm year. I'm thinking of doing it for New Year's based mm. on your comment from last year, because I have my second truly a Rush delight. Creek. Um, mm. And it was, you know, you don't have to get a big old white truffle. You're not, you know, for a hundred bucks, you can get a small right. 25 gram or something like that, and that's mm-hmm. plenty for this mm. purpose. Oh. Mm. Delicious. Um, I also Ooh, I have the new that. cheeses from Jasper Hill on my list. Mm. Oh, um, yay! They put out a few different ones this year. Okay. Oh, the um, new ones? Yeah. The uh, So I don't know how to... Maybe you can tell me how to pronounce... El- El- Eligo? Eligo? Yeah. How Eligo? do you say it out loud? I, I don't yet. know if anyone has told me. Well, you should Here speak to your manager. We're, we're a radio <laughs> show and none of us know the do way to know? pronounce this cheese. I think it's Eligo. Eligo. Oh, Thank okay. goodness for oh, Liana Kindler. Thank you. Our, our newest member pulling us up from the dredges. Um, and then, and the Bridgman Blue as well, I mm. thought was quite lovely. Um, mm. And then I also had the Yumi cheeses, which are sort of a relatively new yeah. um, I like importer to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Of, of random Swiss. Do you sell Johns. the Do you sell the Belpernol? We do sell the Belpernoli. Well, I don't know. Yeah, again, <laughs> uh, the sort of poor man's truffle. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's like so a ready-made cacio e pepe. You yes. don't need a pepe. Just mm. make pasta and put that cheese on it's it. It's perfect. It's unreal. It's a good like drunk and/or hungover, like easy one-person single meal, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> Butter, that cheese, pasta, It's also done. cute. They've done a good job with the packaging. I think a great host yeah. gift, actually, this I time agree. of year. Yep, mm-hmm. it's a good stocking mm-hmm. stuffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the Aravasser. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aravasser, which is just sort of like a butter case. is really Delicious. lovely. And the Sangle de Cuardis. Ooh. Also very nice. I haven't mm. had the Sangle. It's quite good. Mm. Well, you wow. guys are eating a lot more cheese than I am. So what's going on? Why aren't you I don't cheese? know. Mm. I don't know. Hmm. I'm uh, deprived. Throw more, more, throw more I read books instead of uh, <laughs> eat cheese. Think, are you calling us functionally illiterate? I a... No, no. I'm saying that's my job here. She's, she's referring to her role on the show. <laughs> well, I don't think that's really prohibiting you from eating, eating cheese. cheese. No, you had that. more cheese at your party than I've eaten all year. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm still eating You have it. like... Over ten, well over ten pounds of cheese at your party. I think so. I think so. Everett bought brought crazy amounts of cheese. It was great. Now, why didn't you label the cheeses that you did know what they were? <laughs> I know why. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's the reason. What? Because you didn't know. She was distracted. I was I distracted, uh, a little drunk, a little this, a okay. little that. Right. I I was. Already in the party. You were already partying. I was already in the party. Okay, yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah. I sometimes wonder if I should. I, I never really label cheeses when I put them out at parties. And then oh, I, I don't either. Because I take it for granted yeah. that I know what they are. Mm-hmm. And then and sometimes I feel a little host regret, like 
Um, should I have told people what well, they were eating? Well, I should have known what they were. Yes, well, we've, we've <laughs> yeah. determined that. <laughs> I always find I it frustrating. I knew what I bought. I knew what I bought right. and what I put out right. first. But then the right. cheese just kept coming in, and it was like, oh, my God. Right. That's fair. I mean, you were inundated. Yes. Um, I always find it a little bit frustrating when I'm at a party, and I bring cheese, and I set up a cheese plate, and they're like, there's three people at the party, and they're like, well, what are these cheeses? And then the next person walks in and is like, yeah. walk me through these cheeses. You just and have to keep like, doing it. And I'm just like, guys, right. I'm not going to tell anyone about the cheeses right. until everyone is here, and I will do it once. I do one <laughs> announcement about the cheeses. Well, are you inviting non-cheese people? Yeah. Well, that yeah. Or, or that going, sounds like a yeah. right, right. A, a layman's crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid lay. Now James <laughs> Coogan really helped. I have to put in. A, he prepared a plus. the cheeses. For he you. did it all. Okay. This is great. This is yeah. of Zabar's. Uh, of Eli's. Of Eli's. Yeah, yeah, Upper East Side. Isn't that? Are they associated? Where has mm, he moved? Separate store. Is that where he is mm-hmm. now? Okay. But the, is it? Isn't it Eli Zabar? Not... It's Eli Zabar, but it's not Zabar's. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Interesting. It's a very New York. Yeah. Uh, very yeah. New York distinction yeah. there. One's on the west side. One's on the east side. <laughs> important. Important distinction. Yes, that's true. Okay. So, what type of cheese? would you like to see more of? Is there a type of cheese that you feel like you're not seeing as much? Hmm. Any unfulfilled desires in your cheese Plenty. life? Oh, cheese oh, Gosh, <laughs> that is hard because I feel like you go to the store and you mm-hmm. want them all. Right. So I don't really think I need more. Yeah. I, I need to figure out all the ones in the store already. Mine is sort of not cheese... It's like not cheese specific, but I have one very strong desire. What is it for? I, do I don't want to taste the plastic. I oh, am, yeah. Well, I am plagued by this everywhere. I mean, it, it requires either a lot of facing mm-hmm. and then a lot of waste mm-hmm. at the shop. Uh, listeners, if you don't know, face before you taste, my tagline as a monger, mm-hmm. which is uh, just shaving off that outer edge of the cheese that's been touching the plastic and then giving your uh, customer a taste of the inner cheese that hasn't been touching the plastic. So, okay, you have that option. You can face it, but then you run the risk of having a lot of wasted cheese. Mm-hmm. Or you're very high, uh, a very high volume Turnover shop rate, yeah. so that you're selling the cheese mm-hmm. fast enough that it's not actually absorbing the flavor of the plastic. Now, how long can plastic touch cheese before it tastes like it? I think it's a couple days. I oh, a couple days. You think it's less? So, Maybe yeah. two days. No, I was going to say like two days. You think in it's... an hour? I mean, can I'm you... I'm very sensitive to See, the outgassing of the plastic. Okay. Um, I don't even know how much it is. I'm, I feel better hearing that you think it's even shorter. I think it's much shorter than that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, plastic wrap, the industrial stuff that we use in shops, mm-hmm. uh, outgasses way more than like the home stuff, the saran wrap that you would right. use at home. Uh, um, very interesting. I always advise people at home... To wrap their cheese in like parchment or wax right. paper, and then, then overwrap wrap it in the plastic. Yeah, that's yes. what I do all yes. the time. Um, but how can we? How can we? I mean, my big complaint it's hard is that as I'm a shop just owner. tasting yeah, you plastic can't put all it over in town. wax paper. No, I mean, no. so right, this is always the debate. It's like, yeah. how visible it. do you want the cheese to be? It has to mm-hmm. be visible for the customer mm-hmm. to want it, and mm-hmm. then at the same time, you have to aggressively face. We try our best to like build that into the prices, and I mean, if, if your cheese tastes like plastic or garbage it's not going to sell <laughs> right. so right uh, so it's in your best interest it's, in your it's best like a interest, fine line i'm always right. very like I, I try to slice all the cheese for myself for my by myself because mm-hmm. i just i'm that 
Sensi. Me too. Um, Wait, you slice. So if I'm order, if some, if I'm buying cheese for myself from my from shop, his own shop, right, right. he can go. Cut I will his own just piece. go cut my own cheese and uh, like aggressively face, over aggressively face it. Okay, a, a, okay, but snob. but you don't do that behind the counter for other people. Other uh, no, but I, I 100% face before I taste okay. to customers. Right. Um, okay. And you can usually tell, like, there's a certain kind of shiny quality that the paste has that um, you mm-hmm. can either cut off or scrape off, and then mm-hmm. you can always just smell it or taste it as well. Are some cheeses less receptive yes. to mm-hmm. plastic than others? Yes. yes. And which categories? It's not super consistent. I find yeah. that cheeses that have more fat yeah. tend to absorb they more absorb plastic. They absorb it more. Oh, it's okay. a stronger flavor. So it's like soft What cheeses. about a Gouda? Uh, are they safe? Well, it depends because cheeses that are out at room temperature also tend to um, take that more flavor more aggressively. Oh, okay. So, yeah. okay, so you, if you put your Goudas on top, yeah. then What's they, his name? they a, might a, suffer. A Pat... Uh, from Cheese Science? What yeah. What's his last mm-hmm. name? Pat... Pulowski. Yeah. He has done tremendous and interesting work on this subject, mm-hmm. um, both with the effects of light and heat and on, on that plastic taste mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, on the general kind of longevity of cheeses and plastic. I just wish there was a product that was... I know. I wish yeah, somebody there was be a innovating on this issue. Yeah. That because it doesn't taste. I so think like it's... Uvteen, is, is, uh, do you know, are you familiar with Uvteen? No. It's a... I think Fromage X makes it, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, I don't remember who exactly manufactures it. Um, we Is buy it more it. expensive? Well, give me a second. So we've, we we buy it from Mark at Formaticum, and okay. it's um, it has a funny, it's, it's a sort of stretchy, kind of looks like wax. It's not see-through. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it does uh, hold cheese extremely well, inhibits microbial growth, and fungal growth and does not outgas. Mm. Um, so you use it for your backstock, like your cut half yeah, wheels? Yeah, it's really good for that. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I'm, so, I'm going to give it charge. is the name of the term. I, th- I mean, that's that's what I, I think it, it, we commonly use okay. the, like okay. uh, at the counter. Mm-hmm. I know in the mattress industry they call it off-gassing. Or off-gassing, <laughs> maybe that's it, yeah. <laughs> what? Like if you get a Tempur-Pedic or like a foam mattress or furniture, like different types of furniture has off-gassing. Gassing oh. when it first arrives. Oh. It smells weird. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> huh. I don't think of that as the same as cheese. I'm going to just put the call I mean, out there. I eat enough cheese, listeners. I will off gas as well. So Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> off gassing in all kinds of settings. This is an area where I believe innovation is possible. There is a problem to solve here, and yes. it results in us all selling more cheese. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing that, big corporations that listen to this show? Yeah, uh, or anyone. Or I think this could be a crowd, this could be a crowdfunded project, right. By somebody who wants to make a product mm. that someone fills needs to a science need. the shit out of yeah. this. To yeah. quote Matt, okay, Damon. Then uh, once Morris? you're developing your product, listener, whoever you are out there. Uh, let us know, and we'll have you on the show. What more? What type of cheeses do you want to see more of? Since so far we've only heard one that Diane doesn't <laughs> want any. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will give a short answer, and then we're going to break, okay. folks. But in general, um, I always love to see more sheep smoked cheeses. That's what I had on my list. And mm. I feel like we've lost some washed rind cheeses hmm. of all milk types, and well, I want to see more of those. They are... Uh, They're tricky. Tricky, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had more soft, ripened kind of lovelies. I'm also really mm-hmm. sick of Helveticus mm. uh, as a culture. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I you know I want to I, I've always wanted kind of a chalky, rustic, goat smoked cheese, a la 
I don't know, Clack B2, a mm. la Blanc Blue, mm. um, some of these like rustic French tums yeah. that are mm-hmm. just a delight. I guess Michael Lee is making a few things like that mm-hmm. up at Twig, but mm-hmm. the rustic tomes are other another one that they suffer from the plastic and they're often not in great shape. That's but true. like a tome crayus, a well a well maintained mm. tome crayus to me is one of the best cheeses. Let me know when you find one. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. At that on that note, it's time for a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with more host hilarity here <laughs> in the Heritage Radio Network studio at Roberta's. This episode is brought to you by you. Heritage Radio Network makes your favorite food podcasts. And now we need you to lend your voice to our community and show your support of food radio. Become a member today. HRN releases 35 weekly shows each week and is a globally respected voice in food media. But believe it or not, we're still a very small grassroots organization. HRN is powered by a small but mighty staff of four people and HRN's incredible hosts who volunteer their time to bring you the best food podcasts out there. Our hosts are experts in their field, whether it's food writing, mixology, culinary history, craft beer, LGBTQ issues, and so much more. And they're committed to making sure that the stories that matter to you keep coming each week. We believe that a thoughtful, committed group can change the world. So join us. Add your voice and support HRN by making a donation of any amount. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Diane Stemple and Aaron Foster, and our social media intern, Liana Kindler. We're tying up our fall season with an end-of-year retrospective of sorts. So let's continue. Oh, before we jump in... um, Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, you were telling us about Tom Crea's, and I said that it... You know, you don't really generally find Tom Cray. I mean, I used to try to import it, and every time I would have to refuse it. Yes, um, you don't generally find Tom Crayus in great shape in a retail setting, but I did find a piece this past weekend at Standalone Cheese in Jackson Heights, Queens, and I just want to do a shout-out. I didn't uh, mention I it before the break. I don't know those folks. New folks. Shop just opened in June, mm. and their Tom Crayus is choice. Hmm. I will check Excellent. them out. Okay. I'm going to go get some. You get some Thai food. And yeah, go mm. to Jackson Heights, eat mm-hmm. everything. Eat everything <laughs> and take cheese home with you to eat later. Mm-hmm. It's Beeria. a perfect, yeah. yeah. Uh, Momo. Mm-hmm. Okay, and enough. This won't be a, we, this could become a show about dumplings very quickly. I know, I, was, I went to Fiol <laughs> recently. Okay, okay. After the show, we'll discuss. All right, let's hear it. What else? What, what? Should we talk about retailing? Retail, sure. The retail landscape, 2019. Are we, so we're, are we skipping a section? Well, we're jumping around. Okay. Unless, um, unless you have, you know, hmm. listeners, this is a, um, all, you know, we're, we've got a lot of things to cover here. Should we talk about tariffs? Yes, we will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, you know what, let's do this. Let's go in order. What was your favorite pairing of 2019? Did you have a great one? 
Diane has brought hers to I show. I brought but mine. But only one. It's just one item, so I'm oh, curious. Oh, it goes great with, with everything. Anything. With almost okay. all. But it really went great with on top of Rogue River Blue. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what is, is it? it? It is Pear Mustada. From? Casa Forcello. Mm-hmm. Is this Everett brought this? No. Uh, Trollinger. Oh, yes. Pear mustarda. The great thing about mustarda, which actually this relates to... It's pear. It seems like there was a lot of pear brought to my house. The cool thing about mustarda, I learned a lot about mustarda this year. Oh, good. Did you go to Cremona? No, but remember, I had Bruno Gritti and Paola Cacciolare from Le Tamarici Mm -hmm. on air. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. episodes of the year when Michelle Buster was here translating all the Italian. Oh, my goodness. And I learned so much about Mostarda, and now I've been obsessed with it. It's like... now, so what is it? I don't even know. Mostarda is a... You know, it's sort of like a a jam-like condiment but yeah. with mustard so it's got that like heat that's like savory mustard that oil bite. or mustard essence or something well, i think it depends yeah but i've been to cremona in lombardia which is supposed to be the capital oh, of yeah. fruit mustarda yeah. and you can like smell it in the air because mm. it's i mean well, people you can fruit the fruit no or the, mus- the, mustard. the mustard it's oh, like cool. mustard gas and it's very oh, strong wow. huh wow. Watch Too out. strong. Uh, it, I mean, depending on where you are, like uh-huh. you, I, I think there's always reports of people occasionally accidentally injuring themselves uh, <laughs> making mustarda in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, what was your best pairing of 2019? Um, you know, I hate this question. Uh, I I'm very fortunate in that I get to drink a lot of amazing things because mm-hmm. I. I uh, have a lot of friends in the industry, and I've been learning myself. I'm trying to get a wine store off the ground and all this kind of thing. But um, I just, I, I'm never all about that pairing. Mm. I always feel like it's more about drinking. It's more about context. It's more right. about what's happening who you're when you're with, having the thing. Where are you? Are the two things that you're eating cool and interesting and, and kind of vibing for you? And very occasionally it will be just that marriage that couldn't have existed otherwise, but that is just so rare. It's such a good point. Food in a vacuum, it, the soul is lost. I think right. people put way too much pressure on pairing as well. People yeah. are very I think wrapped that's up on true. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, I mean, if you're forcing, if you're holding my feet to the fire, um, I had a lovely Armagnac with uh, Rogue mm. River Blue. Oh, mm-hmm. very good. Uh, I'm sorry, no. The Armagnac was with uh, to the, uh, Letivas from Alpe Tompe, which oh. we got. Mm. They would both be great. Quality mm. cheese, which was a th- through their sort of cool, nifty Adopt an Alpe program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was one I wanted to mention earlier on the like things I want to see more of. Oh, yeah. This mm-hmm. idea where they kind of find an Alpe, a specific, you know, single farm on a specific Alpe, and they partner, they buy a certain amount of wheels, sell them to one shop or two shops, and mm-hmm. then you can say, it's from this family. Right. And they send you pictures and all sorts of cool mm-hmm. things like that. This year, I took my first trip to the Alps. And now, after going, I'm, I want to personally adopt an Alp. Like, <laughs> how can I make that happen? You know what? <laughs> Fuck Switzerland. It... No. It, we, yes. We're going to no, no, fight after because the Because it, it, it looks like it does on the postcards, and it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only I country I've ever been better. to. Are that, there like, Alps in Italy? There yes, are. the yes. Italian Alps. I thought that's what you meant. When you said fuck Switzerland. But he just prefers the, the Italian. Yeah, yeah. I, I would take Switzerland. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Dolomiti, the Dolomites. Not mm-hmm. the Alps, technically, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous how beautiful it is. It is. It's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. And the food is amazing, if expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's expensive. Actually, the, the cheese and the beer 
and the chocolate and the bread that I had in Switzerland was the least expensive version of those things I've had anywhere. They're, it's like they're rich in those things, so that's actually not what costs. Mm. I think it gets a bad rap for being expensive. I mean, you buy a steak, maybe that's a little higher price on the menu. I, I just imagine. remember restaurant eating and uh, drinking there was quite expensive. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but uh, living wage. Oh, yeah, there's lots yeah. to like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. that... It's pretty homogenous. Mm-hmm. Small country. Yeah. Not well, it's super... Swiss. Jewish, it is I guess. Swiss. Also, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hot and cold. Probably not super Jewish. I love the cheeses. Uh, I <laughs> think cheese it's a beautiful country. And I mean fuck Switzerland in only the nicest of ways. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I knew that. You didn't. Now, now wait. <laughs> Were your uh, pairings all going to be with booze? I don't understand the question. Did you? Ha- Were your pairings all oh, going to be with booze? I thought you said parents. Oh. Um... <laughs> They were, yeah. Ah, that wasn't well, what I was a, thinking of. He, he's a high-quality booze guy. Yeah. He's got good access. I'm a high-quality everything guy. I'm a snob. Yeah. yeah. I'm a and horrible that's snob. And as a snob. Um, well, tell me what yours are. Well, this She one. brought her. Oh, yeah, right. I brought mine. Great. Now, mine is not a non-alcoholic beverage pairing. Mm, okay. I've been getting really into tea this year, mm. and I'm obsessed with Earl Grey tea. I lo- I'm totally in love with it. I can't get enough. Huh. I I just love it, and I had the Earl Grey. I had Rishi's Earl Grey tea mm. with uh, the Mitti Crema, the sheep's milk cream mm. that they sell. And I ah. like where your head's and at. Very this nice. Is a delightful morning snack. No, not poured in. No, not poured in. No. Diane is, <laughs> is mimicking pouring something right. in with a look of horror on her face. Yes, no, yes. a little nibble of the crema, oh, okay, okay. a little okay. sip of the Earl no, Grey. No, that's nice. They do a great job on Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've discussed this <laughs> yes. at length before. I think it's been now, gosh, what, no, almost 20 years since I've been enjoying the Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. Huh. I just bought a new tin of it today. In fact, yeah, no, 20 years like this huh. winter. Wow, it's oh. your it's your wow. Rishi Earl Grey mm-hmm. anniversary, twenty year anniversary. I remember the first time I tasted it. <laughs> wow, that's great. It was over New Year's in Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Wow, wow, and you know that was twenty years ago. It was. It was New Year's, uh, the millennium, yeah, two thousand. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. Easy. Yeah. Wow. Those are the kind of taste memories you you know yeah. that stick. Whoa, with you. whoa. <laughs> okay. Next question. Are we ready? No, yes. Cheese craze 2019. What was it? Was there a cheese craze? What was happening? Hmm. Is it still truffle? Has it always been truffle? No, no. I think I truffles think ending. Over. Yeah, I think truffles. I mean, I people my customers love truffle. definitely are still into truffle. But it's not an an, an, an anomaly anymore. It's not like a brand a novelty. Shine, a novelty. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. It's not. I mean, shiny. Rope River Blue. I had like a lot of customers who are not cheese people come in and say, right. "I saw the cheese at one." And I also it was like one of these things where. People came out of the work to email me that hadn't reached out in a oh. number of years. We're like, I saw this cheese won an award. I hope you're doing well. Oh, that's <laughs> um, so it like clearly bubbled out of right. the cheese sphere and into the sort of more broad popular consciousness. Did you have some? I had a lot. I have oh. some now. Oh, great. Do I, have oh. I don't have any now. <laughs> <laughs> I well, thought we were supposed to get some on Thursday. Uh, well, New York sold out of it yeah. in the week after the award. You couldn't mm-hmm. get it anywhere. I did get, I got plenty this year, so I, I shouldn't complain. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe the craze is not a style. It was actually just that cheese. Mm-hmm. We sell a heck of a lot of Alplos, and people love that cheese. Mm. Um, that's like an alpine cheese, sort of oppenzellery in nature with uh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful flowers on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and delicious. That cheese is tasting yeah. great. We sell a shit ton of 
Brie and Latour and Humble Fog. Latour, and, you know, mm. is up there with the truffle craze. I feel like Latour has a following that... It's a cheese that people know by know. name. Yeah, People mm-hmm. know it. Mm-hmm. People adore it. Mm-hmm. It's very consistent. It is. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. But Rogue River, I think, stole the... Stole the, the stole sort of, the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's move on. Great. Next question. Okay. All right. So now, retail. Let's talk retail. I own a shop. You, An I uplifting don't you know tale. <laughs> oh, yes. We, we have a retailer here. It's called here. Foster Sundry. It's in... No. <laughs> um, what, let's see. Let's think about our best retail experiences of the year, our, our favorite uh, retail moments and spots, what we want more. What, what, do we, what do we want from retail that we're not getting? What's happening? Hmm. Um, I'd like stores to not be closing. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, a it's a tricky. It's hard it's out there for a cheese time. shop. It's yeah. really it's it's a very challenging retail time, uh, especially in large urban areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, obviously. Uh, well, not, I don't want to say obviously. To those that don't know, uh, Pastoral, a venerable mm. Chicago cheese shop, closed this a small this year. chain of in- independent shops. How many locations did they have? I think it depends on the time, but three, something yeah. like that. Was it a surprise at the end? or To did, whom? Yeah. To, well, not to them, I presume. Um, I thought it was surprising. I think it's always surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, even when you hear that shops are struggling, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, the economics, I guess, if we're going to jump into this, the yeah, economics of small cheese shops don't really work yeah. in, in large urban areas. The, the equation... I don't know how you balance it. I mean, a cheese. So, just as an example, we're we're very open about this. Like, um, our cheese counter is very. It's I think it's twelve feet long. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a huge sort of footprint and commitment and commitment and and we put a lot of effort into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only about ten percent of our sales. Right. But isn't meat what saves you? Uh, I wouldn't. Well, the rest I wouldn't of the put shop. it like that. But <laughs> but if, um, if the cheese is only ten percent of his sales, then the rest of his shop is what's right, making right, the money. Right. right. So our, if you're just talking like I give cheese a much bigger footprint than it technically deserves. Right. Right. Because right. um, it certainly does well, you not. Should. You know, we we <laughs> thrive because we are diverse and mm-hmm. we have a mm-hmm. lot of different things that different people want. Um, and you're and the tr- only one in the area. Yeah, we also and we try to we try to do everything well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and I think we do for the most part do a good mm-hmm. job of that. But it's hard, uh, you know the the regulatory uh, issues, the staffing issues, labor. Um, you know that you mentioned tariffs earlier. I think we'll get into it a little bit more. But like nothing goes down in price. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're um, not getting a break. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's. It's a challenge out there. Um, most of the places that I think wowed me this year are not cheese shops. Um, yeah. You know, I noticed that about my list, too. Are, I would say Archistratus Bookstore in Greenpoint, mm-hmm. which is a sort of hybrid cafe, bookstore, ephemera. Um, I like that place. Paige is amazing. Mm-hmm. She does a phenomenal job um, at curation. Hmm. Uh, she has dinners. She has dinners. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has you know, book author readings and, and talks and things. And uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show before, but her grandmother um, occupied, uh, ran a small, like, Latticini Freschi and convenience store in the spot that is now Foster Sundry. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. neat. In the 50s. Huh. Good vibes. Huh. That's nice is vibes. Is that for how you. you met Paige? Uh, no, she moved on onto my block. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we only realized this later. Wow, huh. that's wild. Huh. 
Um, but I also, so Archistratus, I think, does an, an excellent job. Primal Supply Meats in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent butcher store, really, I think, with the right ethos. Um, you know, Formaggio Kitchen, I think, is always fun in Boston. Yeah. Um, they always do a great job. I, I always go in there and see something I never would have seen before. Mm-hmm. In the Boston area, I Salem Cheese Shop just blows course, me away. Of course, yes. I mean... It's recognized, right? The, it's like... That it, it's like my happy place. Hmm. I've never been there. Well, Where is it? It's in Salem, mm-hmm. right in downtown Salem. Weird. It's a gorgeous yeah. shop. Yeah, it's called the Salem Cheese Shop. Okay. Um, Where is it again? It's <laughs> Diane, it's in Salem. It's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I travel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could see it. Yeah. It's Bree Heard. You know, Bree Heard is the manager, the cheese manager and mm-hmm. co-founder, co-opener. Mm-hmm. You know, she came from the Concord Cheese Shop, which was so successful, and she had been there for a really long time. But their team is like, their team is so happy. Their team is pretty stable. They've got just an energy that's like infectious, and they're, they're doing a great business, and they're having fun. Hmm. And I'm like... At least in the New York area, I worry that I don't see that combination mm-hmm. happening as often as I want to see I agree. I mean, I think nobody, people, very few people make it a career in New York mm-hmm. um, because it's hard to live, yeah. you know, at, at retail wages. When also, um, and also, I, I really think that the next thing I want to advocate for in New York State, this is so much a losing battle, I'm sure, but is the ability to sell wine in the same space where you're selling retail <laughs> cheese. I mean, part of why I think Salem Cheese Shop does so well is that they have also that category. It would dramatically mm-hmm. change everything, yes. but right. uh, I don't see it happening. No, it's definitely not mm-hmm. going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to really take up that charge. I have enough, <laughs> eno- enough things, to do. To, things to do. But I do think that really handicaps the, the equation yes. in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just about high rents and high staff turnover and... Mm-hmm. Um, High competition. And low margin items. You're not selling anything that's high margin in a specialty food store, generally. Mm -hmm. Not the way that if you you would with wine. Right. And wine doesn't go bad. Yeah, yeah. You have more time. Perishables. It's a huge Sometimes, Mm -hmm. when I used to run retail shops, I'd fantasize about selling clothing. Like, oh my God! Can you imagine? Oh, I, Doesn't, although clothing doesn't people bad. would tell you you have to sell it during the season, right, probably. So right. they have their own version of that. Right, at least with right. the wine, at least it doesn't like, smell. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. You'll sell it eventually. Yeah, yeah. There's not. There's not that pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this brings us into like what makes a great shop. Yes. Um, Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think the prompt was something along the lines of what makes a great shop experience these mm-hmm. days, and so I think I, we talked about this last year and potentially even the year before, but. Um, I mean, Amazon is coming for us. Whole Foods is mm-hmm. coming for us. Uh, <sighs> Wegmans and Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. they're all gunning for the little guys. Well, on that, one thing to say about that, just since you brought that up, well, the interesting thing there, and of the ones you just listed, Wegmans, I think, is this, is the standout in terms of actually thinking about the customer experience. Whole Foods now under mm-hmm. Amazon is no longer thinking about the customer I would, experience. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. That is Are a different... Are we sponsored different... by Whole Foods? Mm-hmm. We are honest on our show. Okay. And I think, I think it's honest... There's no editorial uh, this is input. Yeah. honest journalism to say that the model has changed. Right. And um, what's interesting to me is that, on the one hand, you would say, in so many industries, you know, the customer experience has to be the number one priority. Mm-hmm. But... Amazon has like redefined the customer experience, right? It doesn't exist in the store 
in the same way. It exists online well, and then Amazon's, at home. Yeah, Amazon's methods, I think, have always been their, their sort of key value is making buying things easier. Making anything, bu- mm-hmm. just buying The easier. logistics. Just mm-hmm. easier. In terms of like predictive algorithms or shipping faster right. or, mm-hmm. you know, automatic fulfillment, uh, right. reshaping stores to make it, you know, put things that sell together right. closer to each other. Like so, that's, they're apparently right. analyzing Whole Foods so then and if changing you, things. If you're going they're to a store. They're changing things a lot at Whole Foods. If you're and going to a store, yeah. then you are, you're like, you're sort of acknowledging like, I'm willing to put in the effort to go somewhere. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. voting for convenience necessarily mm-hmm. here. But with that, at least my answer to the question is like, I want knowledgeable people. Like if I'm going to the store, I might want some advice or I might want some information. Mm-hmm. To my mind, brick and mortar, like small brick and mortar businesses, like I think they need three things mm-hmm. that if they're going to survive the coming, you apocalypse. know, big box <laughs> apocalypse. Yeah, right. um, it's the hospitality mm-hmm. that is customer service. Um, curatorial genius, like right. putting together products that you wouldn't normally find or come across mm-hmm. um, because you wouldn't be searching for it because you didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just quality. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can order a lot of this stuff online from Insta, Peepod, Right, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't, right. You have Fresh Direct, all these, like, and you, you know, th- those those products are available. Almost every product that we sell is available somewhere mm-hmm. else online. Right. Um, but the the idea is that you'd come in and get some information, know that the product you're getting is in great shape, get to taste it, get to talk it about it. It doesn't taste like plastic. It doesn't right. taste like plastic. <laughs> um, These things. And so, yeah. I, you know, I think, and those are, a lot, a lot of the time that is like opposed to like cheap, cheapness and efficiency mm-hmm. um it's just a different model right like the cheapness efficiency model is like a race to the bottom mm-hmm. um and so i think you know the challenge is amazon hasn't figured out an algorithm yet to to solve those issues so I, right. i'm sure they're working on it yeah mm. um i think one of the um solutions saviors got shining bright lights on the horizon amidst the big box apocalypse is uh, different models of doing business. This year we profiled B Corps on the show, two mm-hmm. different B Corps. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done shows on co-ops of different models, you know, mm-hmm. member-owned, worker-owned, mm-hmm. farmer-owned. I think that the places we profile are all doing very well, you know, mm-hmm. and there's something to be said for that, that uh, maybe a more cooperative model or more human-focused business model could be... What saves it? Yeah, I but mean the that's o- probably a different set of customers. I, I mean, don't know. Well, it could be. I, I mean, yeah. so I think the best B corps, like the customer doesn't even know about it. Right. Right. Um, you know, the other thing that annoys me this year is I've seen a lot of like, what what are they eco washing, green washing, yeah, that's what I would call like small washing. Like, there's you know, I, I won't say the name of the retailer, but a large. A large retailer, mm-hmm. um, you know, posting a small business Saturday, in, mm. you know, Instagram ad, and I found that as a, as a small business owner that's that's working with, you know, one hand tied behind my back at all times, like mm-hmm. right. kind of offensive. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, what is that? It's tough enough out there without these larger brands trying to co-opt, um, you know, values and cheating. and badges of honor from mm-hmm. yeah, cheating from, yeah. from smaller brands. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. in agreement. The, I mean, it's a shame that it's so hard for... It's like you have to be so alert 
and so kind of hyper vigilant as a consumer because there aren't that many resources yes. where you can tell what's what, like what's the real deal or what's, mm-hmm. you know, it's I true. don't know. That's the tricky mm-hmm. thing too. Um, should we talk about tariffs? <laughs> yeah, while, while we're on an upswing. Oh gosh, oh gosh. Well, have, well I'm really worried about global warming. This sure. is not okay. tariffs. Yeah, me too. This is not, this is not tariffs. tariffs. Yes. This is what I'm totally paranoid about. This is about. like your 20, well, what you're this looking This is just for. the lamestream media spinning I your finally, wheels. No, I it's finally, cold outside right no, now. No, no, no. Yeah. I finally Doesn't feel warm to me. started worrying about it. You've I mean, I'm late. I'm yeah, late. you're late. You've I'm just very late. It's not well, going to be your problem. Yes, I'm glad about that. <laughs> I'm glad I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, I will. Yeah. I'll avoid a lot of the bad stuff. Yeah. You have a son, though. Yeah, you do. Yes, I do. He's going to see And what if he has a kid? Yeah. Right? You know, then I have to start worrying all over. Right. But anyway, um, so I'm really worried. I'm worried about cheese in the future. Well, I think the cheese industry. Like, what are they saying? Like, no more cows? No, no. Well, there is a big campaign, there, you know. There I mean, is an anti-cow campaign. Yes, yes, but it's quite misinformed, right? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously we're biased. Um, yes. Uh, you know, I own a butcher shop and a cheese, you know, and a cheese <laughs> store. And, <laughs> well, you um, might be double biased. Well, I, you know, I, I do agree that people should eat mm-hmm. better meat and mm-hmm. less of it. Yes. Um, and I think it's well documented that, um, you know, proper careful rotational grazing and mm-hmm. grass-fed animals tend to um, sequester more carbon then they release then the damage they do by releasing methane mm-hmm. um and so you know you there's an argument to be made there right. um but i think yeah global warming will present a variety of issues for the future yeah um you know and the t- and, and the tariffs along with that this this sort of burying your head in the sand about globalism and uh yeah global issues is is frustrating yeah i think this is going to come up more and more at larger Industry gatherings like uh-huh. ACS, yeah. the, yeah. the now, conference. And I was at Neil's yard for their 40th anniversary. Yeah, it was nice of you not to see me. <laughs> oh, Aaron was there too, and you didn't see him? He, she didn't want to get up early. He told me he was there like last minute. <laughs> That's true. Totally last minute. How early? Sorry, go, go on. I'm sorry. Okay, go yeah. on. Oh, Let's oh, not get off track. I totally forgot. I totally forgot about that. Anyway. Um, It was great to be there, but now, you know, now Brexit is happening. Yeah, Brexit seems Mm -hmm. like it's definitely going to happen, and that will dramatically change the industry. And I had this misconception that maybe it wouldn't happen. Right. You know, that that they'd come to their senses in in England. I mean, there's, you know, the tariffs. So we should, I mean, I guess we've done shows on the tariffs, but... yeah, um, You know, some tariffs have gone into effect at this point. Right. uh, And we're... you know, we're looking down the barrel of potentially even more. Um, yes, and actually, listeners, there is right now. There's a comment period is open. Um, if you go to the site of the U.S. Trade Representative, you can comment on how the tariffs are impacting you, your customers, your business. Mm-hmm. Um, through January 13th, it is. Yeah. So oh, I can say as a small, I mean, there's looming 100% tariffs right. for wine and spirits, right? Um, which would decimate. Um, a huge portion of the industry. Mm-hmm. Why are you? Well, French. Yeah, French. Or, all, all or, of Europe. Yeah. Oh, right. The entire so EU not trade American. Thing. So people would have to drink. We would have to drink American, but there's, right. I mean, there's not enough American wine, and there's right. and the wine is very different. Right. Um, right. And and importers and and distributors who don't just work in one part of the country, so they they might bring in 
European wine and also sell American. But if they're not making the money on the European wine, they might still go out of business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like we've we've seen some price increases on the tariffs. I think everyone has sort of agreed to kind of. I think the phrase is everyone takes a haircut. Yeah. Everyone's kind of agreed to take a haircut until January, mm-hmm. and then I think we're going to see. Price increases Prices across the board. Distributors. Now, what does take a haircut mean? It means they're, they're Everyone takes less margin. Nobody changes it. prices. Everyone okay. kind of ignores it. Okay. Um, you know, maybe prices go up a little bit here and there, but the mm-hmm. customer, by and large, has been protected from this. We mm-hmm. haven't raised a single price mm-hmm. on customers, even though we have taken price increases um, mm-hmm. on a wide variety of cheeses. But that we'll have to reevaluate. We're expecting a raft of price increases in January. Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of... And will they just be European cheeses? Um, I mean, will American cheeses... It, you know, that depends. Hard to say. Um, at least American cheeses have gotten better. They have. Mm-hmm. You know, across the board. Yeah. It's, it's a complicated subject, right? Like, you're right. You're right. Like, if, uh, if demand goes up for American cheeses because prices of European cheeses make them unaffordable, then price will go up because supply... Right cannot meet demand. Then right. That's just right. the nature of mm-hmm. macroeconomics. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, um, you know, it's unclear unclear what will happen. Right. Um, I think we're going to know more that, like the second and third month of the year, of mm-hmm. the new year. I think mm-hmm. you can make a strong argument that the trade war helps no one. Right. Um, <laughs> but it allows a Republican administration, I'm just going to wear, you know, my heart on my sleeve right that's now, fine. allows a Republican administration to sort of claim points against liberal coastal elites that like, quote-unquote, yeah. fancy foods. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Our it's way of life is being battered. Well. What did Jared Kushner say yesterday? The blue jeans and beer party? <laughs> I don't know. I did not You've never seen either in. of them drink a beer or, or, wear, blue or jeans. wear blue jeans, but... Uh, <laughs> Yuck. So, what were your favorite podcasts in 2019? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, uh... We've only got, like, you know, two minutes left, it's right? True. Oh, we have God. only a few minutes left. Now, and did you mean our own or it, others? Well, it could be both. I, we could talk about our favorite episodes. Wait, can I guess? Diane, did you only name your own? I mean, that's yes. what she did last season. <laughs> no, no, no. Last well, host show, Diane. <laughs> and last host show, the question was even more... Uh, ambiguous. Ambiguous. And Diane came in with very specific episodes of her own. That she thought were the best. Okay, I'm not saying. <laughs> no, we want to know. We want to know. My Neil Shore Dairy yeah. episode. Well, that was a fun it adventure fun. for you. It was fun. And you got yeah, to interview yeah. a lot of fun people. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you liked it. I actually, <laughs> she had a lot of fun. Let's just say that. I had, I got a lot of inspiration from two episodes of my own that uh, were. Well, no, I've got more to say. But well, <laughs> since Diane gets to say hers, yeah, this time yeah, I'm please. saying mine. Yeah, please. But, you know, this year I interviewed um, the folks at Goodzur in Denver, mm-hmm. the sour beer bar that mm. also has a big cheese program. I like that hmm. place. And also um, the folks who opened Daily Driver, the bagel shop in San Francisco. Amazing that's making, bagels, yeah. And they're making their own cream cheese, and they, they gave me a luscious and glorious pot of brown butter ghee that I Oh yes, have. you were just singing. I am nuts for it. <laughs> I am rafters. Do you still have it? Flights. I have like two tablespoons left. I am watching <laughs> flights to San Francisco so that I can go get more. But the, but here's what inspired See, me about both those episodes. Don't you wish you could just order it on Amazon? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> those episodes were both it was like young, very motivated, very energetic people 
going out on a limb and doing business in a way that was, I thought, super inspiring in that they were not only having great ideas and trying to do the right thing, but they're also a daily driver paying a living wage in the middle of San Francisco offering Mm -hmm. health insurance for Mm. a bagel shop. Mm. And, you know, it's like I just got very inspired by both both of those groups Mm. of people. Okay. What were yours? Yeah. Well, I don't like to listen to myself on the radio. Um, (laughs) You don't have to. It can be during. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, um, But we could talk about... My favorite podcasts, uh, I will just name general podcasts that I think people should listen to. Yes, I also have Um, a list I love No Such Thing as a Fish, which is one that I actually saw taped live in New York uh, about a month ago. Um, They were on tour. It's a British podcast. Okay. They kind of give their four favorite facts of the week. And they're often sort of odd novelty facts. Like the John Tyler oh, thing would be something how... you would hear okay. mm-hmm. on that show. Hmm. Um, there, it's not about fish. It's not about fish. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, I don't know checking. if you're familiar with the, with the um, Stephen Fry show, QI. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the QI elves, the people that produce that show, are the ones that do this, this oh, podcast. Cool. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, Reverberation Radio is very good, um, mm. which is just uh, a short you know, no words, music podcast of sort of fun and interesting musical ephemera and novelties and historically interesting music. Hmm. Um, okay. the, the Memory Palace. The Ooh. Memory Palace. Yeah, The Memory Palace is really good. great. What's Very that about? short, really descriptive, really literate, um, uh, sh- kind of dis- uh, retellings, let's say, of a, of a, particular kind of moment or historical event or discovery hmm. or um, it's just it, it's quite personal and, and, and it, it feels like someone just telling a, a, a rapt story in a quiet room to you. Wow, that sounds Now, fun. when do you listen to podcasts? Uh, I don't really listen to podcasts. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you, well, you have a good collection. In the car, oh, uh, yeah. you know, uh, mm-hmm. I usually save them up and I listen to two or three. Okay. I drive to work. Trip. so it's, Oh, you drive to work. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mine probably are the same that they are very similar to what I've said in the past. There are a couple of new ones. My number one remains Death, Sex, and Money. Mm-hmm. I can't get enough of that podcast. I just love it. Which is your favorite? Which episode is my favorite? No, Death, Sex, or Money. Oh, <laughs> it's the package deal. Okay. with that show. Um, I think Anna Sale is the host. No, is uh, she's just their, their whole team does a great job. I love that show. I also have really been loving Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Ah, Conan's show is, is good, really yeah. good, and I li- I love it because he get his he does a little banter with his team in the beginning, which sometimes I'm in the mood for, sometimes I'm not. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, his guests are fabulous, and they're oftentimes people who've known him for a long time, mm-hmm. and hearing about just like the history of what they've experienced together, and then they also talk about more current stuff is amazing. And then throughout the whole show, especially when he's interviewing folks who are also in comedy or he came up in improv with. They, they kind of jump in and out of just playing, like comedic playing, mm-hmm. which in this day and age is, is a delight mm. to hear people just kind of like being creative Joking and around. being silly. And mm-hmm. it totally, it like makes my heart feel light. It doesn't and sound happy. like the show at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're so serious. We're very serious here on Cutting the Curd. I think we should, I think you should talk us out here. Yeah. Yeah. This is it? Yes. All right. Well. Diane, Aaron, Liana, thank you so much for a great season. I can't believe it. Another yeah. one in the books. Yeah. All right. Favorite favorite holiday song, traditional. Traditional. Go. The Messiah. 
<laughs> okay, that's very traditional. It's a fabulous piece of music. Like Handel, is that what we're talking about? Yes, Handel's okay. Messiah, Great. greatest yeah. piece of music. I have no <laughs> ideas. Okay. As usual. Aaron, you? Um, I like uh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Oh, good. Huh. Very okay. comforting. It's okay. jaunty. Wow. On that note, I love it. <laughs> Listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back in a few weeks with brand new episodes. And if you have show ideas you'd like to pitch or a segment of the cheese industry that you want to know more about, please let us know. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Cutting the Curd or shoot us an email at cuttingthecurd at heritageradio.org. Thanks for listening, everyone, and Happy New Year. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>